0: hey how's it going champagne sharks hope everyone's doing well just wanted to uh, do some quick house cleaning let people know go to champagne sharks.com and you get access to all the links related to champagne sharks you can go there and find it all and you can find where we are on social media our products all that stuff also patreon benefits which includes discord server book club night movie night discussions show notes newsletter and most importantly bonus episodes so definitely become a patron for five dollars a month at patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks and without further ado here is the episode take care
1: so yeah yeah. So, i was just talking to, to um, kenny and vita and i was telling them you know uh, the fam and I, we had took a vacation down and, and went down towards the San Diego area. I actually think it's more, it's, cause bad to be more precise, but uh, we went down there and visited the Legoland Resort and just kind of spent the week down there kicking it and just vibing. Uh, my son just graduated from high school and I was telling them how, you know, it was, a, it was a real difficult process, you know, getting them through and helping them with his assignments because my daughter, you know, she's the more... Naturally, academically inclined of the two, it just it comes real easy for her. But for my my oldest son, is you know he has to work for everything. He gets he's talented, but you know it requires him a, lo- a lot more effort to get mm-hmm. the good grades and everything like that because he was struggling with uh, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. And so um, what I was telling Ken and Vita was that when he was younger, um, before he was diagnosed, before we even knew what was going on. Um, you know, he used to get in all kinds of shit, man, just all kinds of trouble. Couldn't sit yeah. down in class, um, you know, stealing stuff out of the teacher's purse, stealing stuff right. out of from right. other students and things just like that. Just being a knucklehead. That. Just being a knucklehead, man. And, and there was this other kid um, that was in the class with him that had the same characteristics. And so what ended up happening, man, is we, we had this real, you know, just a phenomenal, phenomenal school site counselor. Her name was Dr. Coda Jones. And so we had a conversation with her and she just broke everything down to her. She ran some tests and, you know, and she's the the thing I liked about her. is She was real conservative about, you know, diagnosing kids with that kind of stuff and everything. So it didn't feel like a paper mill factory where they just want to put kids on medication and, you know what I'm saying? She was. Pretty conservative in her with her uh, methodology and whatnot. So you know we had a conversation and she tested him and everything like that. And so eventually she we came to the determination that he had legit uh, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. And so you know she recommended you know very small doses of of, uh, what was it at the time? I want to say Ritalin. At that time I could be wrong though. I think it was it was either Concerta or Ritalin. I'm not sure. But anyway, so we went on ahead and did it reluctantly because she was very conservative with her her treatments and everything like that. And um, it it ended up working. The difference was night and day, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was talking about this other kid because they were best friends at elementary school. And he had the exact same situation. Right. But his parents, you know, you know, how people, you know, you know, and, and rightfully so. In, in some instances, a lot of people in our community are very skeptical about the medical community and putting kids on mm-hmm. medication and things like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. So um, they didn't want to do it, you know. And so, um, you know, their son had problems from elementary through middle school, all the way through high school. Man, and and I just kick back and and I think to myself. Like and no no disrespect or nothing to his parents because they both work hard they both you know try their best with with that young man it's just they that little extra thing that could have possibly helped alleviate the situation they didn't want to take that step you know even it though works, even yeah. though my wife and I had a conversation with him like y'all remember how my son was you remember this like and my son even to this day which is hilarious he says you know damn that's crazy because I could have ended up. In the same situation as the other kid,
2: but what's going on with that young man now?
1: Um, it's 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 a struggle. Did he, did he graduate? Man. I I'm not sure. I haven't kept track of okay. him in a couple of years, but um, I, I I would be I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't make it. You know what I'm saying? I will just yeah. put it that way. And it, and it was such a shame. I really tried to work as hard as I could with that young man. Um, he he was a very nice young man. Um, he just he couldn't. Stop his impulsiveness, man. He was just so damn yeah. impulsive. But when you talk to him, you know, every time I see him, hello, Mr. Malloy, give me a hug, and, you know, always very polite and everything else, he just. He got to the point. He's not a bad. He's not, he's a, bad not a, bad a bad kid. He's right. just
2: there's just some things going on, and his parents just haven't. You know, and I get it because you know, and again, in our community, it's not just our community. Native American communities, Latino communities, any community th-
3: that's been experimented on by white people. Essentially. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, just, we just
2: don't want to. We don't. We we always. You know, you get one of two schools of thought. It's either he just bad. And he need to get get it together. Uh, that or they really don't know who to talk to. Yeah. Right. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because, like, I have a um, family member. He's older than me. He's, like, 45, 46. And he's been an alcoholic since he was, like, 17. Now, at one point in time, when he was an alcoholic, you know, it was the whole, well, you just need to stop drinking, that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. But we didn't know anything about mental health and things like that. Now, now that I know what I know... Thought about this and I was like, ooh, my cousin, he's dealing with, you know what I'm saying? All this stuff that's been going, then I milled over in my mind the things that he's been through. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is definitely some mental health stuff going on. But we've spent the last 20-something years... Just telling him he just need to stop drinking. You just a fuck up you, know, that's, you need to stop,
3: yeah. You know, I, I, both of your, those stories really open up the conversation to, like, the broader point of black people in, and our skepticism around the medical industry and for good reason. And I also hate that we shame people for, for that skepticism. Like, that really bothers me because we have a good reason to be skeptical. But in particular about mental health medication, there's a very real fear around it. Like I was trying to explain, I think I said this on Twitter and i said this in multiple spaces. I'm not against medication for things like depression. Right. And I don't think it's right or fair for people who aren't that person's doctor to tell them that they don't need medication. Absolutely. Because yes. you don't know if they need medication or not. Mm-hmm. Right. For some people, maybe exercise and nutrition is enough. Uh-huh. For other people... That might not be enough. It It might not be enough. if you can't get up to brush your teeth, how are you going to get up (laughs) to exercise, right? For some people, it's literally a biological, neurological thing. You don't have the proper chemicals in your brain that give you the energy so you can get up out of your bed. Mm-hmm. that's, a, that's yeah. a real physical thing so medication can help with that I think people are afraid of it but really sh- people should get more information that's what I always say because you might not need it it might not be for you but at the same time you know it might be something that actually helps you and a lot of medication isn't always forever people don't know that no they yeah think no, it means no, forever no that's I actually true. recently got the diagnosis of inattentive ADHD so there's three types You have hyperactive, impulsive, you have inattentive, and you have a combination of the two. I didn't know that. I went my whole life thinking something was wrong with me. I wasn't a good student. People assume I was a good student. I struggled. I almost did not make it out of high school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was not a good student. I just talked well. (laughs) You knew how to. But in reality, I struggled and I struggled all the way through. It wasn't until I got to college that the university was like, "Uh, we think you have some learning disabilities. I have, you know, really bad anxiety. Now, I believe I believe what they're diagnosing as ADHD and diagnosing diagnosing as my um. Test-taking anxiety disorder. I mean, my generalized mm-hmm. anxiety disorder, but including test-taking anxiety. I believe all that stuff is linked to the trauma I had while I was in utero, all the way up through my adulthood. Oh. That's yeah. what I attribute yeah. it to. So I don't yeah. think it's like, uh, I get why people are always hesitant. Because those diagnoses can be scary. So is that it? And was they something sometimes that, label that our kids that, uh, just so they can pump them up with the medication. That was something so that happened to me. I just say me. do your research. Get the information. Because you may or may not need it.
2: That was that was something that happened to me was when I started going to therapy for the first time. It was ooh, four years ago and I went to therapy for three years. That's when I started um, learning about trauma in utero. And this is basically your parents, whatever it is that they're doing, it genetically will start affecting you. You know what I'm saying? And, exactly. and you, you, you probably won't even recognize it until you become 23, 24, You know, you just won't. You know, mm-hmm. and because I had the same thing as you, Vita. Like I was, I was a horrible student in high school and middle school. I mean, I would be asleep in class,
3: yes, or just that's not exactly going. It
2: was. Like I would do all that <laughs> shit. But then when I got to college, straight A's.
3: <laughs> oh my you know god! Did you,
2: did you find <laughs> it? Did you find that college was a was just a better
1: um, environment? A environment, absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's more
3: engaging for one yes. thing. Mm-hmm. Like you get to debate and argue. So, like for me, very exactly the same. Well, I did good in sociology classes, so all the classes I could debate and argue, I did great in, <laughs> right? Right, right, right. Um, I, I did struggle in college still um, for a few reasons, but um, absolutely what you what you said is exactly it. Like, I would fall asleep. I literally oh, yeah. fell asleep all throughout my education. I remember even in my, in my college year, um, Dr. Casper, who was my professor for uh, critical studies and film, and I, I was at night class. And mind you, I also had another, I had two jobs. So, I had two jobs going to school full time. I had a night class at 6 p.m. I was knocked out. And it's a like class that's like, I don't know, a few hundred people. It's like a big auditorium. It's a lecture hall. Lecture hall, yeah. So, he walks, he literally, on his headset, walks over to me during the lecture. And while I'm knocked out, I, w- I just open my eyes, and there's this old, cryptic looking white guy just staring at me. And he goes, If you're going to fall asleep, don't come to my class oh lord (laughs) (laughs) like he had to humiliate me over something that i now know is part of my adhd in a sense of
1: adhd um well first of all i don't want to cut you so finish your point because i wanted to ask you about that like specifically the differences between those particular types of uh AD, ADHDs and ADDs and stuff like that because I I, mm-hmm. I don't think I've heard of uh, the inattentive ones so
3: so I there's three categories and there's like seven types God, damn. so there's classic there's classic inattentive overfocused, temporal lobe lim, limbic limbic um, there's another one called ring of fire I'm not sure what that is and then there's anxious ADD so there's actually different ways that ADHD ADHD can manifest itself. Mm. Um, so for me, I'm not hyperactive so or, or, or impulsive. I'm not impulsive at all, really. But I can't focus. I don't read books for a long time. Like people who can sit there for hours reading a book, I struggle with that. I prefer audiobooks now. I never knew why I preferred audiobooks. You know, I preferred right. lectures instead of reading for college. Part of the reason I struggled was I didn't like reading the material. I struggled mm-hmm. with reading the material. So some people just can't. So when I worked with um, kids, when I worked in Watts, this is also why I um, correlate uh, historical, I mean, um, trauma and early childhood trauma with ADHD. Is I saw a lot, I had a lot of kids who had the diagnosis of ADHD, but I also saw a lot of kids who dealt with a lot of trauma early in their childhood, in their mm-hmm. early development, because this was an element already in elementary school. These kids couldn't sit down. These kids could, were impulsive. They couldn't stop themselves from doing certain things. And they're ki- these are kids who are constantly getting berated and getting in trouble and the school's punishing them and telling them that they're bad kids and getting screamed at, get in line, be quiet, and all this stuff. And these kids are really just struggling because something's going on in their brains and bodies. But that's usually that's hyperactive, impulsive, and they couldn't sit down. They couldn't, you know, be still. They can't right. even let you finish a sentence without interrupting you. That's you what, know, and I even struggle with that one too. That's what most <laughs> of us
1: are familiar with is is the right. hyperactive one, right? Okay, so I, okay, that, no, because see, I thought that maybe I had struggled with and I, and I had the same issues as, as a lot of what you guys just described in high school. Um, I was. Um, in the top 1% of students like all throughout elementary school and then somewhere around i'd say the end of 6th beginning of 7th and all through high school basically all through the rest of middle school and high school i just complete disinterest in in uh school like i just i was intelligent or whatever you know what i'm saying like i could i could follow along when it was required but like i just i had a complete lack of interest in in, in academics and so um I remember the only teacher that was able to get any type of consistent effort from me was a, a, a old white dude named Mr. Hooven, Pat Hooven. He was an economics teacher. Uh, when I went to Monrovia high school and, um, I, I still, to this day, I don't know what it was that he did. That was different. I wish I could pinpoint it, but something about his, his teaching methods and, and, uh, you know, maybe it was just subject matter as well. For some reason that just kind of like did it for me. You know, it like it, caught my attention and it held my interest. And so, you know, that class I excelled in, you know, anything like that. But for the most part, man, I checked completely out of school for years. I was ditching. I had one class, nigga. I think I went one time, and I just never went to that class ever again.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. You know, you know what, you know what's funny is that a lot of people will try to throw, throw the cliche out there, especially for black children. Well, they need to be around more black teachers. Yeah, that's one thing, but two two things. Both things can be right. They could, there could be the one that they don't see as many teachers that look like them, but it also could be something else going on. And you also some of these
3: black teachers ain't trained, so yeah, it doesn't exactly. even matter.
2: Mostly, uh, just because you're black doesn't mean you identify with these with these kids. I had but a lot know. of black teachers growing up. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And l- most of them were good, but it wasn't until I got to college when I met this guy named James Harrison. And this dude was a straight-up historian because I didn't know you know, what I, what it is I wanted to do educationally. And then it, a light bulb went off, and it was the way that he taught, and it was what he was teaching, and the way that he would get your attention. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Other teachers couldn't get my attention like that. So it, it had to be something that that's going to pull a kid's attention in. That's how education works. It's not going to be, you know, you could be the you know, you you might think you're the greatest teacher in the world. But if you can't pull a kid in and get your hooks in them, it doesn't really make a difference. And especially if a kid with ADHD, like just because and, you know, because what we, we learn now is that, you know, a kid that has ADHD or if they have they're on an IEP or a 504 or something like that. Well, then they get put in this box. Well, a good teacher don't care about that box.
0: Right. Yeah. You know what
2: I'm saying? They're yeah. going to be able to teach. Are they going to make accommodations for kids with learning disabilities? Of course. Mm-hmm. But, but they, right. they're they not going to use that as an excuse of why. You know what yeah. I'm
1: saying? They they don't do that. You got some teachers that are resistant would,
2: to that idea as well. You
3: absolutely. do have some that I, I,
2: they don't give
1: a damn about 100%. your 504 plan or your or your IEP. You know, you have some yeah. of those.
3: So I, I actually train like I so saw one of the things I do is train teachers, and they, you're absolutely right, Mario. Some people are very resistant to it. A lot of times a lot of times it's because so many people and this is black or white or whatever, right? Doesn't yeah, it really doesn't make a difference. Doesn't. They're yeah, all yeah, I they're I literally that, all trained. They're sure all trained the same, right? Yeah. Um, But a lot of times you have people who already have these ideas of what they think works, even though it hasn't worked. So what they say is it's the kids that are the problem. So they'll say, oh, it's the kids, it's the parents, it's the neighborhood. But I always tell them when I train them, they're in your classroom now. Yeah. So oh. and all that other stuff. Your job now is because now they're with you. Your job is to be the one to educate them and protect them and guide them. Even if even if their mother is a drunk, be that safe space for that kid. You know what I mean? But instead, these teachers want to bully them with. Well, and, 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 well, they either want to bully
2: them or they just want to do their job and go home.
3: But that's Ooh. part of what I'm saying. But that is Ooh. them doing their job and going home. They think that's what that is. It's the shortcut. Yeah, it's, it's the, the shortcut. shortcut. Yeah. So, but, but I, and I want to plug this. Um, I want to plug our live stream that we did, Kenny. Remember we did about education and working with black children?
2: Yeah, we had the uh, teacher from Florida came on, right? Yes, yes. Yeah.
3: I really want people to look, that, look up that one, look up that episode, because we talked a lot about this. And the thing is, you might not know what a kid has. Right, They might not have ever diagnosed a kid. You might not have ever even gotten an IEP, whatever. But that is why you take the approach Kenny and I were talking about because that's how you find out. What most people do is they don't try to find out. They just want to punish the behavior. Their, go- their yeah. goal is to change the behavior as opposed to address what's ha- causing the behavior because that's too complicated. That means that they can't go, just do their job and go home. But you have to you have to do that part. If you want to have a peaceful classroom or have a peaceful home, but people don't look at it that way, how can you help your kids if you don't know what's going on with them and, that was, and why that was the reason why
2: we were remember because the whole point of that was we were talking about that young lady who was teaching in baltimore right and she and was we were, getting all yeah. those awards and stuff and when i was looking at some of her methods and what she was saying i was like man this is fucked up like she's right. basically calling the kids a bunch of idiots and saying they can't learn. And I'm like, damn, you know what I'm saying? But I get it in certain communities. And I don't know Baltimore because I'm not from there. So I don't want to throw nothing on Baltimore. But I know that in a lot of communities, they think that, you know, man, I had it hard, man. My teacher hit me in the head with a baseball bat. Well,
3: I know you,
1: ain't got
2: it, you ain't got it that bad you be like, wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> i right, had to walk I, eight
1: miles to school in the snow yeah, with no shoes yeah, yeah. on. You know, that kind of yeah. shit. Yeah,
2: and it's like, no, dude, with these kids these days, man, they change. They're not the same as they used to be. So at the end of the day, if you're going to be a teacher, you have to understand that there's going to be some certain things that you ain't going to want to do. But that's why you're a teacher.
0: Exactly. So if
2: you, if you only have this certain type of training, besides the ones that the district make you go to every year, like they do all teachers, so if you only have this certain type of training, maybe you don't believe you don't belong in the classroom because honestly, when you a teacher, you're an extension of their family, because you're right. the teachers around the kids more than they're around they're around their own family. You know what I'm saying? So if you can't, do yeah. it, don't, there isn't gonna be. There's no such thing as I'm only here from eight o'clock to three and then I go home. Nah, no, as a teacher,
1: and that don't exist. And you know from previous subject matter that I kind of have a problem with that the amount of time that kids are required to spend at school.
3: Oh, that's insane. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's insane. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, honestly, yeah. It's, it's insane. It's yeah.
0: really I talk about it every
2: day at my job. I talk yeah. about it every day that there's no reason for kids to be in this building. They're not learning
3: hours. nothing after 12 f- o'clock. No. no way. But, like, no, like, let's just not. be honest. I,
2: I, I, I no. think, years ago,
1: I had a conversation with, with a group of parents. I said, you know we would be dope if they broke it up kind of like how they do some co- like college, like, college. like in college, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. one day yeah. you you're doing math and English or whatever, then the next day you're doing, you know, okay, whatever you want to do it. One day is first through third period. The next day is fourth and fifth. You know what I'm saying? And just break it up to where you don't have this long ass, Seven, eight, nine, some of these kids yeah. literally are in school before school, actually the bell the before the first bell rings. Yep. All the way until well after five o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, five,
2: six o'clock. Yeah. So I'm like, we ain't talking about athletes. athletes. Right. Yeah. They
1: have to stay because their parents are still at work, right? So they gotta yep. stay for the after school program. And I even had kids that, that were in my program that they had to go to the after after school program. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like yep, they had yep. to leave us at 5 30. Uh, the time they
2: get home, it's time that all they can do is eat dinner and go to yeah, bed. Yeah, they had to leave they us and then do? go
1: to the YMCA. You know what I'm saying? Because the YMCA yep. stayed open later and then their mom would come get them after it was dark. And I'm like, how do you have time to do anything, bro? Like
2: You don't.
3: Right. This is and not also, how do but also how does how does a parent and a child build a relationship like that? You don't. can't because as soon as you can't, you know what I mean. And, and I'm gonna tell you guys something. This is just my my overall theory. Bear, just ride with me. I'm sure other people probably feel the same. But I think industrialization was one of the worst my things nigga. that happened to my the, nigga. to the family. And I think it really that sort of system was really hurting Black people. My nigga. Because, first of all, <laughs> first of all, I already questioned just naturally, biologically, are, is, it, is it healthier for kids to be away from their families all day? Right. Because right. pre-industrialization, you were at home with your parents. You went to school for a few hours. And then you were home with your parents. Mm -hmm. Your dad was or your mom or whoever, they were farmers or they were blacksmiths or they were whatever, or merchants, whatever it was that your community was and you were able to survive off of your land. Like Mm -hmm. it was just, it's a whole nother type of system where I think it's probably closer to what we naturally are. However, because of mass production and profit and capitalism, it's become sort of it, everything has become a factory, right? Like, yeah, it's like a conveyor
2: you. belt. It's like a conveyor it, belt. Yeah. Jeez, so education man. serves Say one that. purpose.
3: Say that education literally serves one purpose and that's for the advancement and progress of that nation. So this is it's strategic. Now it's not for the advancement and progress of niggas. I don't know why we think that's just gonna help us. Right. But it's definitely churning out labor for the for all their kids they're learning to be executives. Thank you. I think that boils Absolutely. down to even how they treat the children and how they talk to children black kids is about following orders get in line be quiet don't talk don't do this don't do that when you when i worked in redondo beach and i worked with white families they don't do that they teach them how to negotiate teach them how to get each other's needs met at the table they teach them how to uh compromise but we our kids don't learn that right. so they learn how to be executives we learn we learn how to be their labor but, I know, think but,
2: but and, even but, even, and, those, oh, but even those kids even those kids that end up being executives they're on the they're on the conveyor
3: belt too Mm. Hey, that's true too I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm no. not exempting them but guess where they end up versus where we end up after well, that yeah, that's the different and, that's and that's I think and, and on top of that I just, I believe black people in particular, I think we're more connected people. Meaning, I think we tend to be, I think we're more family-oriented than we realize. And I think that's why that was purposely destroyed. And I think industrialization helps with that. So even the conversation about, oh, which I, which I fucking hate on Twitter, is the stupidest stupidest conversation because nobody can live like this. At least not right now. It's very much a challenge for most families for one person to stay home and one person to be working outside the home. But every, but everybody's arguing about whether or not women should stay at home and would you stay at home and all this dumb shit. Well, nobody can afford to do that. And that's- no. More reason, yeah, no. and but sure. that's not an accident. We needed women in the labor force too, oh. so, but they're they blam- But now you got niggas on Twitter blaming black women when we don't have a fucking choice and we've been fucking working,
2: right? But, yeah, but the thing gotta, is, yeah, but you, but you gotta remember these are you talking about.
3: I, I stuff, know, but you know. but just the overall conversation just irritates me because I, yeah. it's like we're missing a big chunk of this. What makes you think that your father is supposed to be outside of your home in the first place to right, work right. all day? Right, 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 right. right. why why, right. When, why do we have why do we believe this Eurocentric way of Parenting where men Aren't involved with their kids Right I never understood that. that. There's a reason why the studies show that black men are more involved with their kids, whether or not they live in the home. There's a right. reason why the studies show that. Because I think that's who we naturally are versus what we believe we're supposed to aspire to be. This breadwinner who's outside of the home and not connecting with his family. Nobody right. can connect with their kids right now. I think that's the other reason why we, we talk about all oh, these kids nowadays. We don't even spend time with our kids. Mm-hmm.
2: You can
1: That's my overall rant. That's how you end up, that's how you
2: yeah. end up with, Look, with sons like the Menendez's.
1: Exactly. And listen to this. Now, my leftist friends, if you want to sell leftism to the masses, this is the, these are the topics that you need to hit <laughs> on, okay? Right, right. Because right. there is a direct link to capitalism and the amount of labor that it requires to feed the beast and how... Families have to put this kind of time in at work because the machine has to keep going. So it fucks up our relationships at home, exactly. at school. It overburdens everybody. Everybody's overburdened. Your kids at school all day. What is right. the, What are the chances of instead of them getting in trouble at home where it could be corrected and, and taught properly? Corrected properly versus them getting in trouble at school, then the at police school. get involved, then the court yes. system gets involved. You see right what I'm saying? Tell him, Mario. It's, it's a hard yeah. you know. system in this shit, man. Like
3: absolutely. And
1: so the thing is, if we can if y'all can educate people on how this works, when a mother has to be at work 12 and 13 hours, man, there's not a goddamn thing she can really do realistically. Um. What is she going to do? You know what I'm saying? Right. like, what is a mother there's who has to work? There's no, there's nothing she can do. She can only do what she can reasonably do. You know what I'm saying? So right. when her child gets into trouble at school, they call her up. She got to take time to come from work yeah. to come to the school and deal with them. They say that try not to lose her job. Try not to lose her and job now, in now, the now, process.
2: Now, and to top that off, because some of them always say, "Well, you know, single mothers." No, no, no. Dad's at work too. Right. So this is the thing. Now we're looking for secondary parents. Now we're looking for the football coach. Mm-hmm. Now right. we're looking for right. the YMCA mm-hmm. and the and the, the coordinator that they work with that's at the boys and girls club. So now we got all these other secondary parents. And then some people will class that as, oh, that's the village. No, it ain't, motherfucker. That's a bunch of people that's involved in your business that you really don't even
3: understand what's going on. <laughs> it's a community. And, you, and, you know, and it, it would so be like different it. if you were connected with your kid and connected to that community, but you're not. You're at work. Right. You don't know you're who this, your, your kids' teachers are. Right. So, you if you to know, know, that's not your village. Your village is the people that you know that you trust with your kid. That's like your mom and your sisters. Those things right. right. at school that don't give a fuck about you, that, no. that's not them. The other thing I want to You want to know why? infidelity is up so high is because your wife at work motherfucker all day ain't nobody nobody, but nobody's nobody (laughs) has time to connect and i think the other thing is a lot of parents are desperately they're working twice as hard and they're because they want to make up that connection with buying their kids things right so they have to work 10 times harder so they can give their kids a good christmas right that don't so work. mom is working extra hours so she can make sure to give you guys a good thanksgiving because you guys you know mm-hmm. you guys deserve it or you're her kids and her babies but i i don't have time to spend with you outside right. of thanksgiving but I don't, then, I could, you
2: know, all them toys you bought, they ain't gonna be shit by December 28th. Ain't shit. Mm-hmm.
3: And they, don't replace, the, they no. don't replace the connection. That's why I also hate when I tell people, um, when, I, when I work with people and I talk about kids' behavior and they want to blame the kid. No, that kid has everything. That kid is spoiled. The kid's not spoiled. The kid's not getting what they really need. No, they, no. What they really need is the connection. That Those toys don't mean shit. That's why you still have right. the behavior problems.
1: Right. These motherfuckers think a kid having what they're supposed to have is a kid being spoiled. Right. The <laughs> <idea>. <laughs> right.
3: That's true too. Your mom and your dad at
1: home spending time with you you your sport man if you don't sit your ass down somewhere you'll dysfunctional I, I ass be
3: honest, though. i used to be that person i used to be that day. person too i think and when then, you have a chip on your shoulder you yes. just have... oh
2: absolutely yeah oh, and yeah. then i had absolutely. to check okay. my, what happened
1: is when you when you're an introspective person you, you start to to really take stock of a lot of things that you used to believe and and, yep. and how you looked at other people and i said well actually shit I'm the one that was raised in dysfunction. What am I looking at this Absolutely. person like this for? Yep. That's how yep. it should be. You
2: feel me? Like right? Yeah. Because you know what's funny? There has never been a time when my daughter's she's 17 years old. There has never been a time where at nighttime I'm not at home.
3: Right. See, that's every so that's-
2: single day after school I'm at home. I never <sighs> work swing shift. Wow.
3: Never. Yep. I love that. And you know what's interesting? I thought that for a long time, the way I grew up, I used to be really jealous of my friends, particularly my my best friend, because her mom would pick her up and take her everywhere. My dad was a strong believer, you catch the bus. And the way he taught me how to catch the bus, I don't know if I ever told you guys this story. Maybe I did. (laughs) But did I ever tell you guys how I learned how to catch the bus in LA? Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. No. (laughs) My dad literally dropped us off at the bus stop with a pocket full of change. It's a, <laughs> and say, and, and mind you, we, we literally just moved to a new neighborhood. So we're in a different part of South Central. And he tells us, he hands us some of uh, these manila envelopes. And he says, I already signed the paperwork. Turn these into your schools. J- he drops up on the corner, a pocket full of change. We say, okay, well, where do we go? He told us, ask the bus driver. Oh, no. Damn. That's that how I learned work. how to catch the bus. Now I had to be like maybe 13. Maybe fourteen, oh. just you know, catching the bus all throughout LA by myself, not knowing this neighborhood, and that's how I learned. But I thought that was normal. I didn't know people's parents picked them up and took them places. <laughs> I didn't know that one. Right. <laughs> Right. So I used to be jealous of that, like, oh dang, like, how come you so spoiled? You can't even do this. And I'll get don't get me wrong. I could also see the limitations in that because I meant they couldn't just go where the fuck they wanted to go. Right, <laughs> but right, right. so I did like that aspect of it. But I also was not in a lot of danger because of that. You know, I lived in a high prostitution area, oh, um, spe- specifically if you know, L. A. was on Adams and Western, and oh, I was yeah, like, yeah. and it was like, and it was, and it was like the like the. The crack attic area. The crack like, hole. The crack. It, hole. Was, it was it was it was that it was that kind of area. Yeah. And I'll have to walk from the bus stop to my house. Mind you, I lived right across the street. Well, thankfully these these guys were cool. Well, at least they were cool with my family. You know, right across the street was a house full of these a gang is this gang. I don't want to name them, but yeah, yeah. So it was just it was definitely a rough area. My dad just has his daughter just going around. the Uh Adams, like Adams between Western and Normandy. You know exactly Oh it oh. Is. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay yeah. <laughs> yeah. okay, yeah. You know exactly. Yeah. It is, Mario. <laughs> yeah, yeah not yeah. not not further down close to King, I mean Adam, so. Right, yeah. right, I
2: got
1: you.
3: Um But yeah, so um, (laughs) growing up like that, I did, I also had that chip on my shoulder, like, oh, these other kids are spoiled, everybody else, you know. And I used to think they were all, and don't get me wrong, a lot of people, there are bougie Negroes that exist in LA, like, that is a thing. But I used to just hate everybody that had two parents. (laughs) Right, 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 Mm
2: -hmm. right, right.
3: You know, there was something else that you said uh, earlier in the conversation, Mario, and I can't remember what it is now, but... It had to do with, um, oh, I remember what it was. I was thinking about the conversation around being neurodiverse, which is ADHD and Mm -hmm. other things, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Autism, uh, being on uh, various types of spectrums and various types of um, mental, I guess I would say developmental changes or challenges or differences. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting how often that goes undiagnosed. You were lucky to get your kid diagnosed early a lot of people go undiagnosed and these kids are just constantly berated and beat up upon sure. and nobody says anything. And I've watched them go all the way through high school. And I think that's part of the reason why I go into the work that I go into because everybody thought I was one of the quote unquote good kids. But I watched how they treated the kids that they call bad. And I watched these kids struggle with impulse control. Like looking back on it, I didn't know at the time, but looking back on it, I could see that these kids were struggling. So I think yes. it's really good that you were able to get you know, your kid diagnosed and taken care of. And it's really sad if the other kid that was in his class moved forward and was just continuously being berated. As he went through his education, because people didn't understand I, um, what he was dealing
1: and, with. And see, you would be pissed. Like I like just getting to know you over the last year that we've been doing this and and, and listening to how passionate you are about kids and education. Um, if you would have witnessed some of the things that I would have witnessed with that young man and how teachers did him and and, and and shit like that, you would you would be you'd be ready to sock somebody. For real. I like I, I seen some stuff with him. Uh, that really pissed me off and I have to say something even with somebody who I really respected you know um they just they they gave him no leeway for anything like it was even times where because his reputation was as such there was times where he didn't even really do anything and they would kick him out of class like damn and he yep. would just get this look on his face I'll never forget it man he would get this look on his face like okay, I guess I, I got to go over here and get out of here now. Like, here we go again. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. he, I could just see it. Like, damn, man, he right there, bro. Like, if somebody would just, could get to his parents and shake them, man. Like, look what y'all doing to y'all son, man, by by... Prohibiting him from trying this, you just don't understand how bad. Some and I, yeah. I would we went to jail for this shit, but you wouldn't know how bad sometimes. I wanted to just sneak him uh, a, a consent.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, y'all, please don't. I never did that. You know what I'm saying? I'm just in my dark yeah, twisted like. Sometimes I swear, man. Like I just wanted to sneak that boy a concerted just so he could see. Or people would be like, "Damn, what's going on with him today? He's doing really well." You know what I'm saying? Right. But it just—I had to let his parents parent, man. And it, it they.
3: It sucks, which yeah. but that's the truth. You do have to let them. I had to learn that too, because I be I used to try to like, especially with my friends, try to talk to them about certain things. And you know, I just had to realize like, I gotta let them do they thing. Now all of them calling me, asking me questions. Ten oh. years later, what about my kid? And I'm like, I told you niggas when they were two, stop doing that shit. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I was, you know, what you were just saying. Also, Mario made me think of a neighbor I had. Um, he was uh, someone who was in out of jail or prison most of his life, um, including in his youth. Um, he was a gang member, was still a gang member, but he was like, also had turned, he, he was a turned, he's like turned his life around, so to speak. And But he had somehow turned his life around to becoming some type of weird conservative. And when we were talking, I, I, he kept telling me like, no, I I know what it's like. I was in the streets. I did. He was basically telling me my everything I was saying was invalid because he was in the streets. I was like, oh, So I said, okay, I, I understand that. And I said, but, what you were experiencing wasn't okay. You also told me that your parents left you. Your grandma had to take care of you, and all these things. So you were you were in a tough position as a kid. It's like no, I was just bad. I was just bad. Yeah, so yeah. He's just trying, but he's telling me he's bad, and telling me that the criminal justice system works, and that he turned his life now, around. And this, and this, and this, and this is stuff. a former
2: gang member turned yeah. conservative. Yeah, yep. he's doing. He's doing yep. that. That's that basically. That's basically yep. that that uh, that that talking point that a lot of those, um, those people have, where it's like uh, accountability. <clears throat>
3: right accountability they, they,
2: and what about black
3: on black crime it's the same old shit right exactly and that's exactly what he was that's exactly where he was at mm-hmm. trump supporter and all mm-hmm. and i so by the end but by the end of our conversation i find out he had a learning disability he, he's telling me all these stories about to prove to me how bad he was as a kid he's telling me all these stories just to prove to me how bad he was and how he deserved to be treated the way he was treated and the whole and i come to find out he had a learning disability the whole time he couldn't even he could barely read and they blamed him for it and told him yeah. he was lazy yeah. and then he ends up hating himself he ends up running the streets he hates everybody around him but he couldn't see that how he was treated them ignoring his learning disability was what got him where he was it wasn't a good thing he didn't have to go through all that shit he didn't have to be in and out of prison he'd right. have to be you know but nobody knew how to help him but because you know he was a black kid and his grandma was on that old school shit no he didn't need his ass whooped and yeah. the but you getting your ass whooping, I ain't changing shit. That's ain't the other thing changing I not understand. And Whooping has never changed a child's behavior. I promise you it has not. Yep. I know I'm going to get my ass beat anyway. I'm going to go ahead and stay out later. I'm going to get in trouble anyway. So your goal of keeping them safe or stopping them from doing the thing didn't even work.
2: And you know the bad thing about that is, is that kid that gets used to getting whooped like that, once he gets arrested once or twice, oh, I'm just going to go to jail for a few weeks. And then a few yep. weeks turns into a few months, a few months turn into a few years. And then when they give him 10 years, it's like, well, I'll be out. And when I'm 38, I ain't even tripping.
3: Exactly. You know what I'm that's, saying? That's it's a, that true. mindset,
2: that's exactly how that mindset creeps in. That's how. That's I only how know they that code. because that's, that's exactly what my nephew did. My nephew that's, was 11. My brother, was he used to get whoopings and all that. After Bro, my brother stopped doing it because I was like, bro, nothing's changing. And then they found out he had ADHD and all this other kind of stuff. So it was like, yeah, that wasn't going to change nothing. I said, he got used to it. It became a normal thing to him to get a whooping because he did something. His brain figured
3: out how to cope so that he didn't stress about it anymore. Once he turns 15
2: and the police jack him up and he go to jail for the weekend, that that first time ain't going to be a big deal. The the second time really ain't going to be a big deal. Then they're going to say, oh, well, you got to go to juvie for the next nine months. All right.
3: Yeah. It's just a a punishment. Exactly, and that's that's that. What you're saying is absolutely on point. That's exactly what happens because you get used to it. I can't mm-hmm. tell you how often I have seen kids who were who didn't care that they were gonna get in trouble. So it wasn't even a, it wasn't even a threat anymore. I don't care. Just call my mama. I don't care what you're mm-hmm. gonna do. Do whatever. She, I, I'm gonna get my mama, mama gonna whip my ass. I don't care. I'm gonna get in trouble anyway. So they just keep. They ain't never really. You know. So when people when kids get to that point, that means you guys have failed them. That's how. Yep. I, that's my yep. sincere belief. And you always ask people you know well what would have been what would have been like people who justify that shit and they gave me some stupid story about you know how they deserve to be. They, they always give me some weird story that they think proves that they that kids are bad because they tell right. you their story where they were did something as a kid some kid shit basic kid shit and how they got in trouble for Oh, i got whooped for that because i did this horrible thing and i said well what would it have been like for you if you instead of getting whipped your, your, your mother taught you what to do differently and better right well how would that what would that have been like if she had just said you know that's not where we, we don't do this over here we're not going to do that here's what we can do you know I, you can't jump on the bed but i'll tell you well, on saturday we go to sky zone you can jump all day uh, well how would that approach be oh that's a little bit different right so i think people don't consider that they it doesn't require bullying and being mean and being mistreated to learn anything
2: well at the end of the day then also there's this little part too some people got piece of shit parents <laughs> We're just gonna keep it real. You know what I'm saying? When you dive into it I'm a grown-up, so I see it now. You know what I'm saying? As a kid, I didn't know what my other my friend's parents was going through. It wasn't none of my damn business. But now as a grown-ass man, I'm starting to see, oh yeah, that's why you act like this towards your kids, because you ain't shit. Mm. So at the end of the day, when you're saying, you know, why don't we just take them to the Sky Zone and let them jump, the parent don't even want him in the fucking house. That's a good that's a good point. You know point. what I'm saying? They mad that Some the daddy so they, they kids. get kids. Yeah, it's a whole thing going on between them and the dad and the child support and all this other shit going on. The kid is just something in the middle like a bargaining chip for either side. Mm. That's all it is. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, let's that part plays a big role Yo, in there too. you
3: know what? I have a um I have a girl I mentor. She's really dope. And I just recently helped her She's 13 years old. She's 15 now, actually. I had her since I've been working with her. Since she was about 13. She has a trauma mm-hmm. history, pretty heavy trauma history. Um, and she's, you know, trying to get herself together. She's honestly, she's very depressed. It's, she struggles just getting up to do her schoolwork, mm-hmm. um, smokes weed. She started dr- drinking beer. She's mm. depressed. Right. And that's what, what worries me is the fact that she's using these things to cope with this depression. But mom... It's just trying to focus on fixing the behavior. But you can't mm-hmm. fix the behavior unless you... In the fact, so what I did was on um, the other day, I, I sat with both of them. Because I hear the, both of them text me complaining about the other person. Um, yeah, yeah. And the daughter, funny enough, she's actually the one that's the most honest. She'll tell me everything that she did that mm-hmm. was... She knew I she knows I don't approve of her drinking and smoking, right? She knows that. But she tells me anyway, because she knows I'm not going to judge her. She's just gonna, I'm, I am going to tell her how I feel about it. But right. I don't judge her. Mom doesn't do that. Mom only tells me everybody she wants you to good. know, right? So, but when I sat there with them, and I said, you know, I told my kid to just go ahead and talk, just say, start wherever you want, to go ahead and talk, and she did. She's very bright and articulate. Explain all her feelings and emotions. She gave specific incidents of things that happened, gave to back up examples. Everything was great. Mom spent the whole time just trying to go down this checklist of things to do. Okay, I have to do this. I have to do that. And I, she wasn't listening. <laughs> She didn't yeah. hear anything. Her daughter just told her. Her daughter said she wants to connect with her more, and somehow she said, "Well, I tried to take you to Disneyland." But I'm like, "You can take you to Disneyland a hundred times. If y'all not connected, it, it don't matter."
2: Yeah, y'all just walking there as two single exactly. different people. Exactly. <laughs>
3: so I said, "It starts with the day to day." Daughter said, "Well, yeah. When you come home, the first thing you do is fuss about, you know, some clothes being on the couch or something, chores not being done." But she said, "You don't understand. It was hard for me just to get up and start and, and start my classes that day." Yeah. She says, "It's hard for me every day. I'm trying my best." He said, "Well, then when you come home, I." Just want to leave, and I just leave, and I just go smoke weed to get to get to relax and get away from you. This is what she said, mom. heard, I don't know what mama heard. Mom somehow started saying, "Oh, oh," because the daughter gave an example about how her mom tries to push her to go hang out with her dad, even though her and her dad don't have a good relationship right now. Her dad called her a disappointment. Her dad called yeah, her all mom kinds Yeah, mom names. just trying
2: to get rid of her. She's trying and to that's, put her off that's with somebody she,
3: else. And that's what daughter said. She said, because mom wanted to go on some date, and so she wanted her to See? go be with her dad. And See? daughter had a big problem with that. She said, like, why would you do that, knowing the type of relationship that we have? And so, you know what this mom said? She said, I'm sorry your father did that to you.
2: Yeah. well, She didn't, no accountability. She, she gave, was,
3: no understanding of her daughter it was always defense everything was defense
2: yeah because you know why because like the lady said on baby boy mama gotta have a life too that's why i mean she she looks at it like
3: her self-care from dealing with a daughter that's stressful but really it's her big is trying to escape and not deal with the fact that her daughter has a trauma history and she needs her that's my theory but either way my whole point is that A lot of parents just don't get it. I think a lot of times their way of coping is by trying to pretend it's not there. I'll buy something, take you someplace, I'll do these things. And then they wonder why their kid is still cussing them out. Because you, yep. you never actually built a relationship. You don't come home and say, oh, wow. This is what I told mom. I said, when you come home, why don't you say something like, you know, wow, I can see you must have had a tough day. I see clothes. I, I crack jokes. I clown shit. You got all these clothes everywhere. You ain't trying to wash shit, huh? You know, and the mom started laughing. And the daughter started laughing. I said, exactly. It doesn't have to be a big fight. Yeah. It could be It could be jokes. Because when I was there, uh, one day I was there with her all day. We cleaned up the whole place and had fun doing it. I always that's one of my things. Whenever I go to a people's house and I babysit, I will always clean that, clean up. That's just one of my first things I do because I want to make sure that the kids know that they have to be responsible for the space because it's also their space, right? Parents often operate off of this authority thing, also operate off. I have to also operate a pan, out of panic mode. They panic and they overreact to things. What,
2: this, they, what, but they also want to try to live their own life. They want to have their own life, and it's at the end of the day. Like so, for example, like I had this conversation with my dad once. And, you know, I'm a grown man now, so it doesn't really matter, you know, how he feels about anything I say. I'm, I'm not going to be disrespectful. But at the end of the day, I got to get this, say these things because it's the truth. And what my dad tried to do is build a relationship with me, my brother, and my sister through religion. And it's like, no, nah, bro, that's not going to work. You know what I'm saying? And he still tries to do this. And it's like, OK, you can tell me about what Cain said, Ishmael, <laughs> uh, Moses yeah, and all these other people. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't make a difference. And we had this big old debate about this. And he was like, "Well, you just must not be in, in uh, you know, interested in spirituality." Said, so "No, I am. In, I'm, I'm interested in that, just not with you." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I wasn't trying to be disrespectful, but, but you I have went to over, clear. but this. I had to be clear because the thing about it is I came over to watch the game. I didn't come over to have this conversation. You know what I'm saying? So if I'm interested in Jesus, the Bible and all that, I'll let you know. I don't want to get baptized. So that's a big debate in my family because I'm not baptized. I said, I don't want to. He said, why not? I said, well, you know, my grandmother told me one time I don't want to is a good enough answer. Do you agree? (laughs) And he said, yeah, I agree. I said, okay, then that's the end of that conversation. I said, we don't have to have this conversation, dude. You know what I'm saying? But you're, what you're trying to do is you're using this because you know somewhere down the line you fucked up when we was young. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to skip around all of that and try to build something here. And that's not the way it works.
3: Absolutely. It
2: just don't work like that. So you was when you was interested in you and just you and your wife and all that kind of stuff, Well, that's when I was 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Well, too late. What did Prince say? Party uh, 99, oops, at a time. 1999. That's it. You know what I'm saying? 2000, zero, zero, party over. Oops, at a time. That's it. 18, can't tell nobody shit. And by that time, I was already in the streets. So it's like at the end of the day, if you really care about your kid's upbringing and what's going on in your kid's life, one, you can work on yourself, one. But two, you're going to check in. Ain't nothing wrong with checking in with your kid. Like, man, what's going on? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I pick my daughter up from work every day. I don't have to, but I ain't doing shit. I'm sitting around the house. So when I go pick her up from work, we chop it up. Man, what's going on? Oh, I got $20 in tips. Blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? And we'll just go through that. You know what I'm saying? But a lot of parents, and I'm not a perfect parent at all, but a lot of parents are so focused on their own shit that they miss yes. They miss the game. And then once they, once they, they turn around, they kids are 16 years old. Now, you've been trying to chase after some man or some woman for the last 10 years. You thought that your kids wasn't paying attention to that? They see everything that's going on. So now in, in, in school, they can't function right in school because they're not getting the attention they need at home.
1: I'm going to put this out here, man. Like, when I was like, I think 12, something like that. I think I was in seventh grade, sixth, seventh grade. I used to ride my bike to school, right? And my mom, you know, she used to get it bad, man, for, for, for niggas, man. For dudes, right? She, when they break up, you know, she do the whole crying and why'd you break up? All that shit, right? So one day, um, I used to pass by her dude house when I was riding my bike to school. So one day she gave me some of this letter in an envelope and she was like, can you drop this over here by, you know, Keith House on your way to school? I'm like, all right. Keith. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was his name. That was his Keith. name. That was his <laughs> name. Of course, Fuck, that. Named Keith. Fuck that nigga. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I go Get down the street. I take out the envelope, open it up, read that bullshit. I threw that bullshit in the. In the <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> My mama don't know I did
3: that to <laughs> this day, huh?
1: this day, I might tell her you, one you, day. Like I help, that.
3: You was helping. You was helping her out. Yeah, I threw that
1: mind, shit in the trash. Talking about, I just want to know why. Fuck that, nigga. That, <laughs> yeah, I threw man. that shit Let in the trash go. in the gutter, not in the yeah, trash in the gutter. And went to school, he, right? They put it in the gutter with the clown, the it clown. Exactly. But you know
3: what? Um, there's a couple of things you say, Kenny, to that. I really thought it was dope, because people don't pay attention to the small things, right? Because yeah. you went from the big picture about your dad being out of your life, because I mean, big picture, like the result, like, you know, what's it like being an adult? Like, hey, now my I'm grown, I don't need that now. On top yeah. of that, you pointed out your dad wasn't really trying to connect with you Uh, outside of the religious, he wasn't holding himself accountable, he was just nah. trying to you know, gloss over it and, and do this other thing. But parents do that all the time, every day, and they dismiss their kids and they don't realize it. Because when What you just said, Kenny, that you do with your daughter, for example, you said, first thing you said was when I pick her up, I ask her how she is and, you know, how her day was, whatever, right? Basically, that sounds like small talk, but that means a lot. You know what my kid told me her mom does? Her mom asked her about school. Text her in the middle of the day asking about school. And so daughter said, it feels like you care more about school than you do about me. You don't even ask me how I'm doing. She doesn't understand
2: that she has a very insightful kid. She doesn't get it.
3: That's what I'm... Listen, when I say this kid is, like, amazing, this kid is fucking amazing. Like, I I can't even explain it you, but everybody looks at her like she's some type of fuck-up, you know? And that's what she said. She said she feels like she's a... Everybody feels like she's a disappointment. But she's not. She's an amazing kid. Another thing that parents do is they don't hold themselves accountable. They just Mm -mm. gloss over shit. So, you know, like you said, you weren't a perfect parent. Nobody's fucking perfect. But you hold your self-accountable if you'll if you sit up there and you screamed at your kid knowing that what whatever you were mad about wasn't even about your kid go back and apologize don't just be like oh you want to watch tv no say what i did was not okay i should not have talked to you that way I love you very much. I had a rough day. I should have handled it differently. And
1: I do. Yeah, I do that with my son, man. Like, uh, but all my kids, even my youngest, you know, if I say something, you know, out of anger, you know, I'm like, man, I shouldn't have said that like that. And then I'll immediately (coughs) go back and and try to make that right. You know what I'm saying? And and,
3: then start over. They learn accountability.
1: But Ken, I thought that was dope too, man, that you, um, even though that, you know, your dad failed to connect with you in that regard. You knew what, what it was, though. You know what I'm saying? So, you oh yeah, yeah. You didn't. I don't. At least, at least you didn't say this when you were talking about. It. I don't know if you got mad at him for that or not, but it seemed like you kind of knew where he was coming from with it, so you didn't let it get to you too too bad. You know what See, I'm saying? See, that's so, the thing.
2: Because it used, to, it used to be when I was younger, I would get angry about that stuff. But I told him, and you know, this conversation happened not too long ago, and I told him because he he tried to do the whole, "Oh, well, you seem angry." I said, "No, no, no, no I'm not mad." I said, "I said." The only reason why I'm having this conversation now is because you brought this stuff up. I just came here to watch the game. The Dodgers was playing. We both Dodger fans. I said, I just came to check the game out because I was in your neighborhood. You are the one that started bringing up all this religious stuff and talking about, you know, death. And I said, man, this is what I want you to understand. I said, because I don't think you really know who I am as a grown man. You know what I'm saying? I said I want you to understand that death is not something that I'm afraid of. So you re- using religion and what I call angry religion, that fire and brimstone mm-hmm. religion. When you use that comes kind of up, it does, it does absolutely nothing to me. I said I said if I were you, I would get to know me, the man that you know today who's going to be 40 in the next 12 days. You know what I'm saying? Don't come to me with this other stuff. I said because you can't build a relationship. I said that's like trying to build a house out of gum. Uh. Chewed up gum, you know what I'm uh. saying? it ain't it's not going anywhere someone can just step on it you know, but if you want to build it and I only know this because it's the type of relationship I have with my daughter and then me and my uncle my dad's my uh my mom's brother we have that type of relationship where my uncle he's not my dad, but this is a dude that when it comes to a lot of things that i how I handle business I got from him whether it's finances you know things like that but I always I always preface this by saying I don't give up on people and people can figure it out. you can get it together now that doesn't mean that I'm going to forget about all the stuff that was going on when I was younger, but I'm man enough to say, okay, you know what? At least he's trying. You know what I'm saying? But I I can tell you not even trying because you you're basically um, trying to gloss over everything and try to, you know, use different type of words like I don't know words. And it's like, man, it's not going to work. So it got to the point where I said, you know what, man? I said, I'm going to go home for two reasons. I don't want to have this conversation and I don't live here.
3: <laughs> but also Kenny, you also gave him ample opportunity to connect. Exactly. You you, you put you, position, you positioned yourself in the most comfortable position to for yourself meaning that you had your boundary there you were but you were willing to give him the opportunity to connect you were going to watch the game with him he said that's that's his opportunity to connect that's his opportunity you know after the game is over you know son you know i really want to talk to you about something that's he's said i'm like
1: man (laughs) yeah man that you said it perfectly maybe not there but if that if that spiritual thing was, was was something that was really important in his in his heart or whatever Obviously, it's a time and a place for all that. You know what I'm saying. So exactly, let it be organic. Absolutely. It might have been another right. time that you were receptive to having that conversation. You Because know, you and I have had conversations about oh, religion yeah. and
2: spirituality. Oh, yeah.
1: You know what yeah. I'm saying, and, and it was very cool. You know what I'm saying. Like we
2: talked about that a lot. You know what I'm saying. I asked. I asked him one question. I said if it's so important to you, why didn't you get us baptized when we was kids? Right. <laughs> because <laughs> he wasn't there. But this is what he said. You know what he said? What? Well, I want to give you guys the option. I said, well, why didn't you give me the option now? Right. There you go. You know what I'm saying? Now you want to pound me, you want to browbeat me right. with this religion stuff. I said, it right. must be something that you are worried about uh-huh. spiritually. Uh-huh. You know, and this one I think I one thing I do know because I don't leave no stones unturned. I'm not going to leave this planet with some stones unturned. So I'm not going into my later years scared. I'm going to die because of something I did or didn't do. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I said, I said, you have a chance to be accountable for all the things that you've ever did or didn't do. But right you want you want yeah but you want to hide behind quote unquote God right God don't work like that <laughs> I'm sorry the, when you have but the
3: right th- connection with the person you can talk about anything yes. yeah. the reason, absolutely. like you can talk with Mario it's because you guys have a friendship right. exactly so you right. exactly. can talk about it you can't there's certain topics you can't talk about with people without that friendship it's just exactly because <laughs>
2: say like true. religion and spirituality yeah that's exactly. you know, that's that's
1: a damn good point yeah that's that's absolutely right that's absolutely right. Like,
2: <clears throat> but you know, there's there's people that can't be told nothing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. They, or they
1: don't care to. I just like I, I tried to to uh, to think about having a relationship with my biological father, right? Because yeah. I we didn't have a. He came around ever so often, and it was cool. But you know. I think I told you this before, Ken, like the way the situation was presented to me made it seem like he just dipped off and, you know, left me out there, you know, and then da-da-da-da. but I didn't know that it, it really didn't happen like that. You know what right. I'm saying? So um, we tried to hook up on Facebook back in like 2012, something like that. And it was cool. You know what I'm saying? Because I really didn't have any um, animosity towards him or anything like that. I just didn't know him. You know what I'm saying, right, like that. Right, I knew right. him, but I didn't know him. You know we what I mean? Don't know
2: him, right?
1: So um, one day he said something just real inappropriate. You know, like you know, well, I'm trying to figure out how. Tell me how, how I could connect with you because I'm your biological father, and like he just put it all out there on, yeah. on my Facebook page for all of my people to see, yeah. right? And, yeah. Like, Facebook hold on, page. bro, <laughs> and, right. and this is people—people people out there that didn't know that that situation. They thought. The man that raised me was my body. Nobody really knew. I didn't tell none of my friends none of that shit. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I didn't want that out there. You know what I mean? Like, And so wow. I had to tell him, like, hey, this ain't... And I even gave him a chance. T- I said, hey, man, this ain't... This is not the right uh time to have that conversation, man. We, we'll have that... And, well when is the right time to have that conversation? I'm like, man, I had to just block that motherfucker, man.
2: Oh, damn. Yeah, yeah, I I ended yeah. Up blo- I wish
1: I wouldn't have did that, but at that time, that's where my mind was, you feel me? So yeah. um yeah. I ended up just just um blocking. Just crossing dude. boundaries. Yeah, and like, then you know what's was funny? is when i tried to go back and, and uh follow him again he wouldn't follow me you know the
3: fuck you there what
1: the fuck you little nigga yeah exactly i mean so, you know we can i'm always
3: I'm a, I'm a strong believer that, you know, you got to keep your boundaries, period. You yeah, know? Man. And that's yeah. healthier for you. And it's your, parent, your parents have the option. They have the <laughs> opportunity. You know, my mother, I'm very grateful. She's been, you know, doing her best to connect with me. And we've been yeah. working on it. It takes yeah. time. You know, I'm still, like, I, she's, she's still not somebody I, I don't talk to her about, like, my relationships. And I want that. I want that type of relationship with my mom where I can talk to her about things that, aren't just intellectual conversation, you know what right, I mean? Right, right, right. Um, but when we've been getting there, so we've been going to Vegas a couple of times and on those long drives, we talk, we, my mom has opened up to me about more of things that she went through in her experience in life and, you know, if that helped me to admire her more, but that's how we're building the connection. I'm learning more about her. She's learning more about me. She's learning about the experiences that I've had. Because my mother, you know, I, I, I visited her, like I would be with her on like holidays, you know, school breaks, um, weekends, uh, not even, Every weekend, because I had church a lot, but you know, um every other weekend and some, you know, whatever. I, I, but it was never like a real. I didn't spend my day to day with her. You know what I mean? And I felt like I was left with the monster. She left me. You know, I was with my dad, who's a fucking maniac. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. But, <yeah. laughs> but, but, um, you know, but that, that's one thing I'm very grateful for is my mother, the one who wasn't, you know present in a way that I would have wanted you know that I have her now And that she's still alive for me to build that relationship then there's right, my dad right. the man that raised me yeah exactly but that but the thing is she was willing to do certain things she checks herself now like if I tell her like I, something happened I mentioned something uh, an accomplishment I had or something and she just kind of like glossed over it like it was nothing and it really hurt my feelings and my brother happened to be there So he was able to kind of explain to her why that was hurtful. And my mother was like, dang, I didn't even think of it that way. I was just thinking, you always do these great things. I I just, I wasn't looking at it, you know, but, but she had to learn that that was still being dismissive and she checked herself and she apologized. And more than once that's happened. My dad, on the other hand, not the case. My dad's not even capable of it. You know, I don't talk to him. We don't have a relationship. That's what you were talking about, Kenny. Kids get older. You know, it's not that I don't want to have a relationship with him. I mentally, emotionally cannot because he cannot, he's not stable. You know what I mean? I have to keep <laughs> right. those boundaries and it's okay to have those boundaries. I love my dad. I make sure he's good. My brother, my brother who keeps up with them, but even my brother has to check him. You know, my brother, had, my brother had to hang up on him yeah. a few times. So it, Yeah, I'm just not built for that. My brother's just emotionally stronger in that way. (laughs) my
1: girl,
3: she has
0: the same issue with her sister, man, her older sister. All right, y'all. So that is the end of part one. Go to, again, patreon.com forward slash Champagne Sharks or click the link in the show notes to get part two. Be good.